baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm Megan Lynch. You're listening to Total Information AM. Partisanship is nothing new. In fact, it dates back to the founding of our country. Our next guest explores that in his new book, Founding Partisans, Hamilton, Madison, Jefferson, Adams, and the Brawling Birth of American Politics. And he'll be speaking tonight at the Missouri History Museum. Joining me on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line, historian H.W. Brands. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure to join you. We often have a pretty rosy view of the men who launched this nation. So take us back to what was really happening at that time. Well, we should appreciate the fact that they created the government we live under. They won independence from Britain. That's a a huge accomplishment. But to think that everything was smooth and rosy, that's a mistake. They were as opinionated, as ambitious, sometimes as ruthless as politicians today. They had strongly held opinions. And they promoted those opinions. So it's not surprising that politics in the early republic was just as competitive as politics today. What's interesting about this, and I think you point this out in the book, is the fact that these were the very things they were trying to get away from in Britain and then basically ended up doing it again. So they imagined that partisanship, the idea of dividing into parties and let the party interest become greater than the national interest. It was something that was peculiar to British politics. And they hoped that having separated from British politics, they would be relieved of that. They would be free of that. Turns out that there's something in politics, there's something in human nature that makes people compete. And when they compete, they tend to form alliances to choose sides. So After they had gotten into it, they realized, you know, probably these parties were likely to happen. But for a moment, for a moment, we thought things could be different. As you have studied that, is it become more amazing to you that they actually were able to uh, pull this through and, and come to an agreement? Well, it's worth a reminder that this was the the Constitution that we live under today was really their second try. They took a mulligan to use a golfing term. The first one, the Arctic Confederation failed and they replaced it. So it it wasn't as though this thing sprang to their minds immediately and was perfect from the beginning. The other thing is that they understood, especially the second time around, that this was a fragile experiment and they had to be careful with it. They had to put the interests of the nation, the preservation of the Constitution and the Union foremost. Otherwise, it would never last. Tell us some of the dynamics between these men. Well, they differed over the same kinds of issues that we differ over today. Principally, do you look to government to solve your problems or do you look to yourself? Do you look to the national government or do you look to the states? The group that called itself the Federalists, the more conservative of the parties, interestingly enough, in those days, they wanted a bigger government. They were led by Alexander Hamilton and John Adams. The group that wanted less government, the one that's kind of associated today with conservatism, but was then the more liberal party. This was led by Thomas Jefferson and James Madison. They called themselves the Republicans. And so they debated how much power should the central government have? How much power should go to the the government of the nation as a whole? How much should be reserved to the states and how much should be reserved to the people? They debated things like taxes. They debated things like war and peace. They debated very much the same sort of issues we debate. How personal did it get for these men? 
Well, so this is an intriguing part of the story, because the two for which it became most personal were Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. They had been friends and close allies during the effort to achieve independence, but they became leaders of the opposite parties. And this close relationship gave way to a period of over 20 years when they didn't even speak. They wouldn't write to each other. But finally, as they grew older, they realized, you know, we do have more in common than we've been thinking lately. And they managed to patch things up at the end. But it's, it's a very a poignant story, and it's a, a very central part of this story. I think what's always interesting about some of these individuals, too, is how very young they actually were as they were doing this work. It's, it was shocking to me. So the two who were really bent on creating a new constitution, in fact, overthrowing the government of the United States under the Arctic Confederation, were Alexander Hamilton and James Madison. Hamilton was in his 20s, and Hamilton was in his early 30s. And for this kind of boldness to come to these young people is quite striking. And that people followed them, too. Well, they did. And they were, they were very persuasive. These were gifted individuals. There's no question about that. Do you ever hear from people, you know, when you've finished a work like this, that they will say to you, well, that's not how I learned it. You know, you're trying to revise history or you're trying to spin history. Uh, Occasionally. But in fact, I find that the more people realize that people in the past were very much like people today, had the same kinds of strength, the same kind of flaws, the more engaged they are by history. And I have nothing but respect for fifth grade teachers for 11th grade teachers, they do the best they can under the circumstances. But what you teach, what you learn in fifth grade, what you learn in 11th grade is a somewhat simplified version. So I think most of the people that I encounter are the ones who they're not, they're not surprised. In fact, they're more engaged by the fact that these are real people and they had many of the same kinds of incentives, many of the same kinds of feelings that people have today. Obviously this is your passion What's it like to try to write a work, though, that draws other people in uh, to see what you see in these stories? To the extent I can, to the extent I can, I try to draw other draw my readers in by what drew me in. I let my characters speak. I was drawn into history because I would read letters and diaries and journals of people who lived in the past, and it allowed me to see the world through their eyes. So to a larger degree than many historians, I think, I let my characters speak for themselves. And if I'm lucky and skilled, I choose characters who, who do engage people. And I think the four that I focus on, um, they really are engaging. Each one has a strong voice. Each one has a commitment to the national interest, but a particular interpretation of what that interest is. Well, as you've mentioned, we can always draw parallels from history to today. And that's obviously one of the values of looking at historical figures so From your perspective, what can we learn from these men and maybe take away for now? Well, so sometimes I I put it this way, that I've been back to this earlier period in American history, and I return with bad news and good news. The bad news is that the partisanship that frustrates many of us today probably isn't going to go away. It's been with us from the beginning. So it's really written into the DNA of this country. The good news is that it hasn't killed us yet. And so it probably won't. We will muddle along. We'll have chronic dissatisfaction with politics. But in the end, the politics serves our interests pretty well. 
He's historian H.W. Brands. The book is Founding Partisans, Hamilton, Madison, Jefferson, Adams, and the Brawling Birth of American Politics. You can meet him and listen to him tonight at the Lee Auditorium at the Missouri History Museum. It starts at 630. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 